We're ready for the word right now. Uh, we've begun a brand new series called Being Street Smart. And uh, I really believe that we have the God-given ability to be wise in every dimension wherever we go. I believe that we as Christians, as, as sons and daughters of the living God, have the ability to draw from God, to draw wisdom from God, and allow that wisdom to transform any and every environment that we are in. And so my message today is titled, Wise Up, Part 2. It's not a continuation from last week, but you know why I chose this message? You know why I chose this title again? You know why? Because I simply like it. So I made Wise Up Part 2. Wise Up Part 2. You know, and it's very important. It's very important for us as Christians. Last week, I shared about how we can take five steps. What are the five steps that we need to take as Christians in order to draw that wisdom from God? What we can do to allow, to allow that wisdom to come down from heaven and to use that wisdom wherever we go. I give you five steps. You know, we can ask from God because God gives freely. We need to get into the word of God. And, I, you know, a whole bunch of things. You can get on to our podcast and listen to that message. But today, it's, like I said, it's not a continuation. It's a completely different message. And uh, I really want to start by, I want to start actually on a lighter note. There was a Christian guy named Bill. And he saw an ad online for a Christian horse. Pretty cool, yeah? He saw an ad online for a Christian horse. So he went to check it out. And the horse's owner said, it's very easy to ride him. Just say, praise the Lord to make him go. And amen to make him stop. So Bill got on the horse and said, praise the Lord. Sure enough, the horse started to walk. Praise the Lord, he said again. And the horse began to trot. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, he kept yelling. And the horse broke into a gallop. Bill was enjoying his ride so much that he almost didn't notice the cliff. He and the horse were about to go over. Bill shouted, Amen! at the top of his lungs, and the horse stopped right at the edge of the cliff. Relieved, Bill said, Phew, praise the Lord. <laughs> it's very important to have wisdom. It's very important to have wisdom. And when you've been given instruction, it's very important to, to pay attention to the instruction that you've received and act on that. The greatest place where we as Christians draw our wisdom from is the Word of God. The only source where we can draw our wisdom from and be sure that it will never fail us is the Word of God. You know, I'm going to look at Luke chapter 2 uh, verses 41 to 52 today. And I'm going to be looking at it from the New Living Translation. And as a human, Jesus, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus shows us how to grow 
in wisdom. And what we're going to look at, we're going to look at a couple of things in this passage of scripture. Actually, let me just get into it right away. Luke 2, verses 41 to 52, it says, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Okay, every year they travel to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And now Jesus was 12 years old. So at this time as well, they attended the festival. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents don't miss him at first, thinking he's there along with them. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends because a whole bunch of people would make this journey to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Now, when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him over there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search? Jesus asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all the people. This is a prayer we normally make for our kids. You know, as our kids are growing up, this is a prayer that we normally make for them. That our child, our son, our daughter will grow in wisdom and stature and in the favor of God and all people. Now, Jesus grew in wisdom in the same way we need to grow in wisdom. He learned and he applied God's truth to real life. That's wisdom. The skill, to, the skill of applying God's truth to real life. And two times over here in this passage of Scripture, Luke tells us that, that Jesus grew in wisdom. We see it at the end of the story in verse 52, and at another time, at the beginning of this story in verse 40, Jesus grew in wisdom. Luke wants us to see in this story how Jesus grew in wisdom and how we should grow in wisdom as well. You know, this story, this passage of Scripture is extremely important because in our individualistic culture, we are tempted to believe we gain wisdom in isolation. As long as I am away from people, I will become smarter than the rest of the people. As long as I have to retreat myself with a bunch of books and read a lot, I'll be wise. I will grow in wisdom by doing life my own way. If I can only avoid pain and suffering, 
I'll be able to grow in wisdom. But what Jesus teaches is the opposite. What Jesus teaches in this passage of scripture is exactly the opposite. The first thing that Jesus teaches us in this passage of scripture is that wisdom grows in community. Somebody say an amen. amen. Wisdom grows in community. Have you ever been in a place or in a situation where you walk into a room and that room is surrounded by a whole bunch of wise people. Okay, people who are wiser than you. Uh, disclaimer, let me tell you that uh, there are a lot more people who are smarter than you. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, there are a lot more people who are smarter than me. There are a lot more people who are wiser than me. Okay? But when you are in a room with all of these people, all of these people who are really wise, you know, they've got so much of history, so much of experience. And when you come out of that room, how do you feel? How do you feel? Don't you feel like you were in the presence and in the company of people, of amazing people? Don't you feel like it was worth it? Don't you feel like when you get out of that room, you come out a lot wiser because you were able to draw from them? You know why? Because wisdom grows in community. The more we think we want to be a lot wiser by isolating ourselves, the more we open up for the enemy to take captive of our, to take captive of our thoughts. Let me say that again. The more we isolate ourselves and we think that we know so much more that if we get into a crowd, whatever we know will be forgotten, whatever we know will be polluted. So let me just stay by myself. The more you stay by yourself, the more room you are giving the enemy to take captive of your thoughts. You cannot do life on your own. God has called us to be plugged into community. God has called us to grow within community. God has called us to draw wisdom because God has called us to draw wisdom from community because wisdom grows in community. When someone around you has gone through a difficult task, has gone through a difficult situation, has gone through something that's been so painful and somebody as that person, that very person has overcome that situation, and when you yourself are going through a similar situation, if not the same, and you go and you have a conversation with that person, that person is not only able to tell you that I was in a situation and now I'm out of it. No, no, no. That person will tell you that if God was more than able to do it for that person, God is more than able to do it for you. And when you spend time in the company of the person, you are not only encouraged, but it allows you to believe and change your way of thinking and change your thoughts to know that his, like I said last week, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So let me apply the wisdom of God into my solution and believe that with God, all things are possible. That's what happens when you spend time in the company of someone or people who've gone through it, they're able to pour out what they've received into your life, allowing you to believe God for your breakthrough. 
Wisdom grows in community. Jesus didn't grow on wisdom in isolation. Of course, he took time to study alone. You know, he took time to study alone. But what Luke is emphasizing over here is that Jesus grew in wisdom because of the theological communities that he was part of. He was part of a family community and a faith community. And both these communities were challenging communities. Jesus was part of three communities. He was part of a challenging community. He was part of a humble community. And he was part of a learning community. If you don't have people around you who challenge you to dream bigger, to trust God for bigger things, who allow you to believe that you are a lot stronger than you are, that you can do more than you think you can do, if you are not a part of a community that challenges you, get out from there. The problem is that we've become so comfortable in life, we feel that we have enough, we know enough, and we don't want to know anything more than this. No, 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 no. God is not the God of enough. God is the God of more than enough. The reason why all of us, I myself included, are part of this community is because I don't want people around me who are yes people. Am I saying something? Do you think I can do this? Yes, pastor, you can do all things. You are the leader of the house. Do you really think I can do this? Yes, pastor, you can do it. There's nothing that you cannot do. When actually, I feel in my spirit that it's not something that I can do. We need people, even with a no, they challenge you even by saying a no, they challenge you to go back to God and get godly solution and godly wisdom for your situation than you taking the wrong step. I'm not saying saying yes all the time is bad, okay? We need people, we need a good healthy balance in life of yes and no and knowing when to say it at the right time. That's why wisdom is needed in community. And so if I don't, I constantly want to have people challenging me. Pastor, this is not, I don't think we're called to be a church of this size. No, no, it's cool. It's okay. The AC is nice. Everything's nice. Everything's going really well. It's fine for the next three, four years. No, Pastor, I don't believe this is true. I believe that God has called us to become bigger than what we see right now. How many of you say an amen? amen? We need people in our lives to constantly challenge us. Many a times we don't know better. That's why we draw godly wisdom from being part of a faithful... Of, that's why we draw godly wisdom from being part of a faith-filled community. So Jesus, Jesus was part of a challenging community because he sat in the presence of these religious teachers. Jesus was in a humble community. He did not open his mouth. He just listened while these people were talking. 
And Jesus was part of a learning community because he knew when to open his mouth and when to say the right things. If you see throughout this passage of Scripture, you would see that he sat in their presence, he listened in their presence, and he spoke when he had to speak. In the same way, I really believe, I really believe that God wants us to be challenged. God wants us to stay humble. And God wants us to learn. Sometimes, listen, let me tell you this, in your hangouts, you might have heard a question a hundred times. And somebody else will come and ask you that same question. You don't go and be like, oh, no, not again. I've, asked this, I've answered this question a hundred times. No. You listen. You listen. Whatever we do, we're called to do in love. You listen, and then you take them through a learning process. The moment we come to a place when we know it all, that's the day when we've lost it all. The moment we come to a place where we know it all, that's the day we've lost it all. We will never be able to know more than God. Never. But what we will be able to do is trust God for every step of the way, knowing that he knows better than me, so I might as well trust him because I know my God cannot fail me. The second thing we see is wisdom grows in obedience. Wisdom grows in obedience. When Mary and Joseph finally find Jesus in the temple, they ask him, why have you treated us like this? Behold, your father and I have been worried sick. Look at Jesus' answer. He said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? You know, the emphasis is on who is Jesus' father. And what Jesus is saying here was that in some way, staying behind was a matter of obedience to his heavenly father. That's why he says, I must be in my father's house. It was necessary because Jesus understood and knew that his father's will comes first. Jesus teaches us that wisdom is not the accumulation of knowledge. A wise person is not someone who knows a lot of information about the Bible. A wise person is someone who actually applies what they know about the Bible. A wise person is someone who not only knows God's truth, but applies God's truth no matter what. Why? Because wisdom is not just displayed in obedience, it grows in obedience. We all, most of us, at least when we were young, we, most of us liked candy, right? We liked sweets. But you don't really know the sweetness of a piece of candy unless and until you taste it, right? You don't really know the wisdom of your coach until you put their strategy into play, right? 
Imagine you're going to play tennis and you got a coach. Your parents paid for a coach. They paid a lot for you to, to, to learn and to master the art of playing tennis. But you just go and you meet the coach and the, the coach is giving you instructions. You're like, no, 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 no. Check me out. And then you have a person, the opponent, who's way better than you on the opposite end. And then suddenly you get... You, didn't, you, you should have told me first. No, why? Because we think we know. A lot of times we think we know a lot better than other people. Imagine a person doesn't know how to swim. He's assigned a swimming coach. The first thing he wants to do is he wants to go show off by jumping in the deep end. And the coach is like, figure your way how to come back on top. You know better. Float, float, try to float. No. You don't really know the wisdom of your coach unless and until you put their strategy, their strategy into play. Likewise, you don't really know the sweetness of obedience and the wisdom of God unless and until you put his word into practice. Unless and until you put his word into practice. Many a times we say that the word of God is not working for me. Many a times we say the word of God is not working for me. You know why? Because we've, we've simply taken what we've read as knowledge. Rather than receiving it as revelation. Because we've simply taken it as knowledge and we've not taken that step, that next step to apply what we've read. To apply what we've read. You know, in the book of Hebrews, at the end of chapter 5, it says, by this time you should be mature, but you still need milk. He explains why. Because solid food is for those who've learned to put in practice the things they've learned. And the word used over there, the Greek word is gymnasio. Okay? It means to work it out. You don't grow your muscles by just reading a lot of books on weightlifting. Trust me, if I, let a, if I read a lot of books and thought that you can just lose weight by reading a lot of books, man, I'm telling you, I would buy every book in the store if that were possible. But no, you don't just read a lot of books on, on, on weightlifting, on, on, on things related to exercise, thinking that you would become a lot stronger. What you eventually need to do is lift some weights. That is wisdom. Lift some weights. You need to hit the gym. That's how your muscles grow. It's the same with wisdom. The way we grow is applying what we already know. The way we grow is applying what we already know. That is why Jesus at the end of the Sermon on the Mount says, those who hear my words and what? Those who hear my words and, and just stay silent. <laughs> Those who hear my words and do them is like a man who builds his house on a rock. Like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. A wise person doesn't just know God's truth, they build their life on it. In other words, a wise person doesn't just hear a sermon. 
they put it into practice throughout the week. They seek to change where necessary and apply the truth to life. Not just obedience to God in isolation, but through the different authority structures that God puts in our lives. You know, Luke shows us that when Jesus left with his parents, here is, when Jesus left with his parents, his emphasis over here is on the submissive obedience of Jesus to both fathers. Submissive obedience to his heavenly father and submissive obedience to his earthly father. The path to true wisdom is not doing what you want. It's doing what God wants, even if no one else understands. I must pray. I must serve. I don't feel like it, but I must pray. I must serve. The job has not come yet, but I must pray. I must serve. I must do everything that God wants me to do because that is submissive obedience. Submissive obedience is the path to wisdom. And the last thing that I want to say is wisdom grows in trials. What we learn here is that we grow in wisdom by going through trials. But we don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear the word trials. We go out of our way to avoid suffering. You know, growing in wisdom is like any successful team. The only way they can grow into the team they need to be is through the pain of the drills. And who's going through the pain in this story? It's Mary and Joseph, right? Imagine the mother not knowing where your child is for several days, going crazy, trying to figure out, where's my son? Where's my son? Where's my son? I can speak out of experience because I was responsible for that. My wife gave me the stare right over there, straight. We were in the Festival City Mall, and there was one of these pop-up kiosks, and I took Ilana with me, and I was going to go check it out right in the middle. And, Ilana, and, and my wife, Livia, said, take Zoe along with you. I was like, okay, come. And then suddenly I'm checking out different things at this kiosk, and right from where my wife is sitting right now, she looks at me and she's like, And I'm like, yeah. That was it. That was it. Foolishness is not doing what your wife asks you to do. Wisdom is just listening to her and not saying another word. And being attentive while you commit it. I'm telling you, she went running all over the mall. I was like, listen, I'm trying to calm her down. Don't, don't, when, when, when your wife is in a frantic, when your wife is in an unpleasant mood, don't open your mouth. A lot of times the wrong things will come out. And the wrong thing came out. I'm like, listen, this is Dubai. There's cameras everywhere. I don't care if this is Dubai. I'm like, sorry. I'm like, this is Dubai. There's cameras everywhere. Don't worry. And oh my God, it was a nightmare. It, it lasted a couple of minutes, but it, it seemed like eternity. And then I saw one of the security guards. Uh, Zoe, I mean, being uh, pretty, an, pretty much an independent, kind of a, a person who likes to be by herself, do things by herself. 
just entered one of the stores, entered Zara, walked around, and came back outside, walking around the mall, no crying, nothing. And then the security, the security guard carried her and came. I saw him. And then she was like, oh, that's my father. <laughs> then he asked me for ID and everything. And, but imagine what Mary must have gone. This was just a couple of minutes, okay? My wife will say it was half an hour. I'm just saying a couple of minutes. But over here, Mary, frantic. I mean, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? A whole bunch of relatives went around along with them. Friends went along with them. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Don't you care? Don't you care? And then she comes and then they see Jesus. Why did you treat us so? Why did you treat us like this? And that's always the question we ask. Why did my business have to fail? Why am I not prospering right now? I've seen what it is to, to have a successful business. I've seen what it is to have a successful life. Why am I not prospering right now? Why did my child have to die? Why are you treating me like this, God? Why am I not getting healed? What we often forget is that sometimes the only way Jesus can teach us, the only way is by taking us through a trial. Wisdom grows in trials. The problem of losing Jesus is actually meant to be a learning opportunity for Mary and Joseph. They were learning who Jesus is. Jesus is not, he is the 12-year-old son, but he is the savior of the world. And they found him after three days. It was the feast of Passover, where it was, it was God's desire to deliver his people through the blood of the lamb. But what they did not realize was that Jesus was actually preparing them that he was going to go away. And all along the apostles thought that Jesus said he was going to be there. He said he was going to come back. He said he was going to come back. But eventually after three days, he did come back. Why? Because Jesus had already prepared them. He gave them enough wisdom to go through the trial. He told them ahead of time what was going to happen. It's the same for us. We might be going through a trial today. We might be going through a difficult patch. We might be going through a difficult situation. But it's not like we don't know what the end result is going to be. God has already told us, I am going to get you through. I am with you always, even until the very end. I'm your God. I'm your friend. I'm going to be faithful till the very end. What you're going through right now is nothing compared to what I'm, it's nothing compared to what I'm going to take you through. The only reason why you are going through this is to make you stronger, to build you up so that you can use the wisdom that you've received through this trial to help others around you, to help many more. What you're going through today is not something that is, it, it's not something of the unknown. You might not know how it's going to play out, but it's okay. Because God said it's going to be okay. Wisdom grows in trials. If you are in a place today and you are saying, God, I've isolated myself. I've pulled back because of seeing before but I don't see anymore. 
gone. Plug me back into community. I want to become a wiser person. I want to become wise. And I want to grow in wisdom by being plugged into community. If you are going through a trial today, if you are going through a trial and you're saying, God, how long? How long? How long? I want you to stand. I want you to stand. And I want you to know that what you're going through right now is not something that you're going through for the, it's not something that you're going to go through for the rest of your life. I want to pray for you that God would pour out so much wisdom as you go through your trial that you will be strong enough to withstand everything that comes your way. You will not go through the trial as a person who's a victim, but you will be in that, you will allow yourself to be in that trial, applying the wisdom of God and knowing that you are a victor no matter what. If you are going through some sort of a trial today, I want you to stand and I want, I want to pray for godly wisdom to descend on you. If anyone, you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to look to the person on the left or to the right. It's just between you and God. God says, ask of me and you will receive. And so Father, right now, I just pray for all these amazing people standing over here. You know what the trial might be. You know what they're going through. But in the midst of everything, no matter what they're going through, they're not alone. You are right there with them. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that you would bless each and every person with godly wisdom. Even as they go through this trial, they would say, this is what they're going to say, I know that I know that I know what God wants me to do. I know that I know that I know that this is not going to last a lifetime. I know that I know that I know that my God is going to take me through this trial and bring me out stronger. I pray, Lord, that that would be the cry of all of these people. And I know, Father God, I have complete confidence that they're not only going to come out stronger from this trial, but through, but through the wisdom that they receive from you in the midst of this trial, they're going to bless and pour out in the lives of people around them. And give, them to, and give those people the ability to believe in a God who cares. To believe in a God who never fails. To believe in a God who always comes through. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.